MSPs face more employees working remotely and have more end-user customers dealing with remote work environments. What are the challenges and opportunities this presents to both MSPs and clients? We will discuss these topics and more on today's program. I'm your host, Charles Weaver, and you're in the MSP Zone. You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. Exciting program for today, folks. Um, we are going to uh, be kicking off a series of uh, episodes talking to a noted speaker, a noted uh, individual in the managed services profession uh, about a variety of operational, mostly topics uh, related to managed service providers, uh, of course. And uh, we're, we're just going to be, it, we're going to be covering the spectrum of things that are relevant today, uh, hearing his thoughts about you know the pandemic, about remote work, and today's topic is obviously about securing the new remote worker. And I am talking about none other than uh, Aaron Farrigan, Executive Vice President of Asigra. Aaron, uh, so good to have you on the program today. Thanks for having me, Charles. Glad to be here. So for, for those people who've, uh, you know, been away or off planet and, and uh, not familiar with the Seeger, I mean, you guys have actually been around for a long, long time. Uh, how long have you been around? We have been. We have been. The company was founded in uh, 1986, so about 34 years now. And um, yeah, it's based in Toronto. It works with partners all over the world. And um yeah, works with, with only with partners and a uh, long, long time, long time. Excellent. Seen the pre-MSP world and through the whole MSP rise and it's great. You've seen it all, yeah. So if, if those of you out there are interested, go to Asigra, www.asigra.com. Did I get that right? You got it. All right. All right, Aaron, let's let's just jump right in. Um, we've got a lot of material to cover today. Um Look, the, the, we are living in very strange times indeed, and I I would like to start off with getting your thoughts about maybe what the, the, the near-term outlook, you know, maybe 6, 12 months, you know, if we can even see that far right now. What do you think we're looking at from an MSP perspective? You know, what are, what are the MSPs facing? Well, from the MSPs we talk to, um, you know, and what they tell us that they're facing and, and uh, you know, that helps us formulate what we think they're facing. Basically, I think in the next six months, cause you add about, you know, you, you asked about six months, I think over the next six months, maybe even nine months, just stability, trying to get to a repetitive stability with the new style of worker and the new challenges. I think, uh, for a bunch of years, partners and MSPs have been working with their customers to try to get them ready for these kinds of events. And they were all like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, they were taking their time and, you know, good, better MSPs were successful in getting most of their customers there, but there were always these outlier customers saying, Oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. I think the world changed very fast and, uh, it created a lot of, uh, opportunity and a lot of challenges. And I think the next kind of six 
to 12 months, it's trying to get to stability through a couple of different lenses. Um, yeah, different kind of workers, remote workers, systems, migrations. So I think stability is, uh, that's kind of operationally, I think at the commercial level, how do we generate business? How do we grow the business? How do we keep the team? How do we keep the team safe and the customers? So stability in a bunch of different facets. So, I mean, you, you, you've seen a lot, right? You and Asigra have seen a lot over, over the decades and this feels different. It, it feels different than the dot-com, you know, uh, cliff we went over. It feels different than 9-11. It feels different than the 2009 financial uh, crisis. Uh, Do you agree with that assessment? And, and if so, is, is that the glimmer of, of hope or opportunity for MSPs that this is somehow fundamentally different and, and maybe MSPs are just differently positioned now than they were back then? Different, I agree. It's absolutely different. I don't think that we have seen uh, such a sustained shakeup um, for so many facets of the business. I mean, you're right, 9-11 and the dot-com and, and so on. I think even the business model changed from being many you know resellers, sell once, collect once, to sell once, collect every month. Just that was also one of the big changes if you're thinking about milestones. But this is very different. Um, I, I agree with that 100%. So obviously, Asigra is a is a backup company. I mean, it's not all you you do, but I mean, you guys have have excelled at that for a long time, and you've got you know thousands of MSP partners all over the world. I, I think there's a role to to there's a huge role for backup, and we're going to talk about that you know certainly in, in future episodes. But I, I'd like your your opinion on what are the security challenges? Maybe just a high level overview of the security challenges MSPs are facing you know, kind of right now as we sit in, you know, approaching mid-May 2020. Right. Okay. So the security challenges, um, again, they break down into outside of the control of the MSP and within the control or within the domain of the control of the MSP. I think um, one of the biggest things is the human. The human facet of it is one of the biggest security um, challenges. Just the fact that the workers... Um, the teams of your customers' teams and your own teams um, are working from home. So, you know, the the environment has just uh, grown tremendously. Whereas you might have said, okay, I'm an MSP, I'm managing 500 customers, you know, just, just saying 1,000 customers, whatever it might be, several hundred uh, customers. Well, and, and those sites, well, guess what? The number of sites that you're now, you know, um, touching and working and, and at risk are potentially thousands. So just that is a big security thing. And so why? Because you're now, you know, there's also this, this security risk down at the end, the homes of people, right? So they can have antivirus on their computer. They can be working from, um, you know, with VPNs, they can be working and maybe you've had enough time, you know, in the last couple of months to get two-factor, multi-factor authentication. But I think one of the big um, areas is their home Wi-Fi. Their kids are going to school from home. You know, there's a lot of things going on in that home network now. And, um, and that's typically an environment the MSP has never really touched. So I think that's one of the biggest security challenges. So that's kind of outside. Um, 
And I think inside, um, similarly, your own team as an MSP are now working from home. Um, just the tools and their processes and the hygiene around working from home is a big, big change and it's a big security um, risk. And it's also a big opportunity for MSPs, you know, to help their own workers and their own team members and as well as their customers and their customers' team members to improve the security hygiene, um, not only from the tools that they use, the processes that they use, uh, but from their own home environments as well. So you've always been, yeah, no, uh, excellent, excellent insight there. Uh, You've always been a proponent of the data, right? Protecting the data, not just backing it up, but making sure that it's available, making sure that it's, it's, capable of being used. And, and as you were talking, I was just thinking about all of the end user workers now in these new remote environments, and they may not have ever had training about, you know, how to deal with a secure work environment. I mean, they, they may have benefited from it by being inside an office before, but a lot, a lot of them, I would wager, never have, have experienced this. Does, does this, in the end jeopardize or, or raise the stakes for the integrity of, of company data that you you know so well and, and try to protect? I think it does. Absolutely. I think it does. I think it raises, um, you know, it to a different level. And I think it's incumbent and it's a great business opportunity for MSPs to help their customers understand that, um, you know, their world has changed and the hygiene and their own processes for how they operate their businesses and their team members, their customers, team members, um, needs to have changed. And so the MSPs can bring to bear the knowledge and, and the experience and the training, you know, the courses through e-learning and really be there to help. And I think it's another new kind of assistance that, um, MSPs have an opportunity to monetize, right? Because if traditionally they might have worked with the MSPs team, might have worked with one or two or three individuals at the end customer's location, maybe the end customer had a small IT team. Um, some customers don't have an IT team, but they end up working with a couple of key individuals. Well, now they might have to work with a lot of other individuals and just that that experience and the capabilities to do that are different and the cost structure is different. So I think it's an opportunity um, for MSPs to, to monetize. I, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm, I'd like to get your, your professional opinion on it, which is do, do these remote workers change the dynamic of the amount of data being created? You know, maybe they were on a different work machine. Maybe they were in a, in a, in a centralized office, but th- does, does the new remote worker environment double or, or in any way, in your opinion, change how data is being produced and therefore how it must be protected and, and backed up? It does, because it starts to get produced in different locations or different sources. You know, if we're just talking, you know, our series is broader than just backup, but if we're just using backup as an example here, if in the past they were just working on their, in, when they were in the office, they were working in, uh, you know, on their desktop or they might've had a couple of, um, SAS applications, 365 or what have you, G Suite and so on, the locations or the sources that they were backing up. Maybe they had a remote uh, laptop that some of them took home or, or they had a drive. Um, well, you know, now the sources of data that they're working at from home have increased. 
maybe they've signed up to different or more SaaS applications and that data equally needs to be protected. Maybe they do now have a, their, their home computer, they've got a laptop that also, if it's generating data, if they're using VDI, uh, because they're, you know, remotely logging into a VDI machine, um, that is now generating source data. So yeah, the location, um, has changed and, um, the change has also brought more, uh, data in different locations. So the task of the way you used to back up before, before, uh, the pandemic and the way that you're going to back up data, you know, after the pandemic is absolutely evolved and it, I, I think it's created more data. People actually have more time. They have, you know, they're commuting less. So they're, they're generating more data, I think. And, and, you know, we've seen and our partners have seen there's more data that needs to be protected. And they're now in places where they didn't really think about or they didn't create backup processes for. So, again, it's a challenge, but it's an opportunity as well. It, well, that, that's, that's my next point, which is th- this is, I mean, there's a reason why ransomware and, and other email-borne attacks are on the rise as a result of, of this pandemic and quarantine is, is that there's opportunity for them to take data. Again, right? I look at it, and I, I think you do as well, is data is the end goal, right? Protecting and owning the integrity of that data. And if the, if the hackers are out there saying, wow, we've got a lot of vulnerable people at the perimeter, right? Home home networks that are no, no longer secured or, or out of the reach of, of corporate IT. I mean, that, that's why I predict we're, we're seeing these, uh, these spikes. But I, I'd like to transition a little bit, pivot to the opportunities, because I do want to remain hopeful, right? I mean, I, I don't think that this is a bad thing for MSPs. I, I think that it's a bad thing for the world, but it could be a very good opportunity for MSPs to step up and actually do what they're designed to do. What are some of the opportunistic concepts that you are seeing that, or maybe from your partners, that that they're really starting to evolve and taking, I don't want to say take advantage of, but they're they're responding to these challenges and and, and doing something positive for their customers? All right. Well, the first one is the human one. You know, it's again, it's all about the people, the MSP business. You know, I love we all live in the world of technology and selling technology, but it's really ultimately it's about people. And so the COVID pandemic has is, is caused the change of the way people behave and the processes that they use. So the first is, I think, the opportunity of helping their customers around the training. How do you do phishing simulations, training them to improve the cyber hygiene that they have, you know, to kind of flatten that curve um, um, and making sure that they, you know, they are more secure, their, their human processes are more thoughtful, that they think before they, they click things. And so bringing training, um, of the processes and of the human aspect, I think is the first opportunity. Another one is improving the tools that are used. Um, you know, if you would have used, if you had customers that were still very much on-prem customers now, as they, you know, evolve, they can use more SaaS based uh, tools, but then also accessing those tools. So it's one thing to get tools like G suite and, and other SaaS based applications. The question is how do you access them and are you limiting and restricting the authentication? You know, so getting two FA MSA in there as part of that um, is, is absolutely another way that we are seeing partners monetize. I think also um, securing the data because those sources of data, as you said, there's lots of 
spikes going on in terms of the attack vectors are just increasing. There's more to attack these days. And so I think securing the, the critical applications, backup is one of them. Remote monitoring and management is another. There's a lot of tools and probes and things that MSPs over the last three to seven years have put at the customer site so that they can be a better MSP. But now those things are attack vectors. They can be taken over. They can be used as proxies. So not only do you have to raise the security bar at the end customer, you also have to raise the security bar as an MSP in your own tools um, environment. And you have to make sure that um, just from the backup perspective, for example, that your backups don't get deleted or don't get infected because the attacks are getting more sophisticated. They're now able to time bomb them, for example. They sit there and they basically you know, uh, delay them. And so what that means is that you're just, the customers are doing what they're normally doing. You don't see any change, but you're basically ingesting into the backup stream. You're ingesting into your monitoring or other kind of probes that you have going on as an MSP. And then three, six months later, they get detonated. And then you're trying to do recoveries, but you're really recovering already pre-infected data. So you're just creating like a loop. Attack loop is what it's called. But that, that, I think, another thing. Another opportunity is to rethink the underlying value proposition um, that some of the you know, MSP platforms have brought to bear. What they've done in the last three to five years is acquired a bunch of the com- companies and technologies, and they've pre-integrated, them, pre-integrated all of them into an MSP platform. And now the bad guys see this, and they know this. So what they do is they try to attack one element or one aspect of the tool uh, or the platform and they use it as a as a proxy as a gateway to get into another aspect of the tool and so when you have very tightly integrated platforms msp platforms from a variety of different vendors they become easier targets so the question is how do you uh, make sure that you you know put the right walls up and the right authentication and the right um, protections so that you don't get used as a proxy. Um, and that, you know, I'm sure the, the audience listening has been seen that MSPs are becoming a very efficient attack vector as well. So yeah, monitoring the human element, I think monitoring the, the tools that the customers use just in summary, and then monitoring the, the process, the monetizing the, the, the processes and the tools that the MSP is using themselves to protect themselves. Yeah. Hugely important. Couldn't agree with you more. Do you, let me ask you another question. Do you believe that the MSPs already possess the the technologies, not just backup solutions like like Asigra's, the remote monitoring, security, scanning, multi-factor, a, a number of the things that you mentioned and articulated there, but are do, do you believe that they already have this, but we are now in a adoption and awareness mode, meaning that, it's not for lack of having these tools to inoculate the clients. It's that the clients have previously to, to up till now have not wanted to expend the money to pay for those. Is that a valid argument? Do you agree with that? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I do. I think it's the latter. As you said, I think the, the MSPs have had tools, um, you know, and, and many, MSPs have used them for their own environments, you know, to protect there because, but it's been a challenge with many customers, especially on the smaller scale, they're looking to reduce their overall cost. And so they said, nah, I don't need two factor authentication. I don't need 
cyber insurance. I don't need training. You know, I've only got 25 employees or 50 employees if it's a small company or a hundred. I don't need training on how to recognize phishing attacks. I just don't think they've kind of somehow, you know, gotten by without these things that today are just table stakes. And in fact, that's one of the monetizing opportunities um, I think that MSPs are recognizing. They are seeing that different types of data can be monetized differently. And even different types of customers can be monetized differently. Those customers that recognize the need and recognize that it's now table stakes to making sure that they are changing their habits and their processes. Um, and those are the better, longer-term, more sustainable, profitable-type customers who will be around versus the types of customers that are still not able to, um, you know, raise their, you know, raise the bar, raise the bar on their processes and change and evolve. They may not be long-term sustainable type customers. You know, many of these small or medium businesses, they may go out of business. They become a lot more risky and they become more risky to the MSP, which then increases the risk of the MSP to the other, um, more sustainable, better quality type customers. So the MSPs themselves, I think, are, are sitting around and saying, okay, is this, I can't look at all my customers the same way. I almost have to categorize them into higher risk and lower risk. And do I really want more than 20, 30, 40% of the higher risk type customers in my portfolio of customers? Almost and, like a credit um, risk is what you you're know, describing. Many MSPs are, it's like a credit risk. It's exactly right, Charles. And um, I think the better MSPs are starting to reevaluate them and starting to look at different customers differently and monetizing them differently. If you're going to be a riskier customer to me, guess what? I'm going to have to charge you more money because you don't want to invest in the right kind of security hygiene, cyber hygiene that you need. And if you're going to present a more risk for me and my other businesses and my other customers, then guess what? I'm going to charge you. And if you don't want to pay me more, then I'm very happy for you to go to my competitor and you can be a risk on to them. So, yeah, you know, look, I think I, that that's, that's absolutely I, I, happening. I think you stumble onto a huge topic there that, you know, we could spend an hour or two just on that, which is the, the whole risk profile concept uh, of MSPs related to their clients. Um, the, the Staying within the secure remote worker concept or theme, I, I'd like to ask you maybe more of a philosophical question as it relates to if, if those small businesses that you articulated correctly, I believe, as being vulnerable, right? They're smaller. They generally don't have a, a built-out IT management plan, let alone maybe a budget, uh, which is probably why they're, they're looking to MSPs to begin with. If they're, they have data that is now vulnerable to cyber criminals because if it's locked up or if it's sold or exposed, like in the tie bomb uh, scenario you, you mentioned, it's still a risk factor and it's still something that they would value if it was taken away from them. If they're unwilling to modify their behavior, especially for their, their remote workers, what do the MSPs do? Well, I think the MSPs have to look at that customer and say, what role do they have inside my overall business as an MSP? If I only have a few customers like that, I might want to continue to take, you know, to work with them and take on the risk because I might want, as an MSP, I might want that revenue. 
Um, there might be uh, a plan that you can put with the customer and say, look, here's my table stakes for continuing to be a service provider to you. And so, you know, work with them over the next 12 to 18 months. I need you to be able to get to here. If over the next 12 to 18 months, we can't get to here slowly, not all in one day, but slowly, then um, we're going to have to part ways, you know, unless, unless I'm going to, otherwise I'm going to have to increase my fees. So I think you double down and you work with those customers and you try to keep them and educate them that the future requires them to change and you give it time. It can happen very fast. Um, and then at the end of the day, you make a philosophical or a commercial decision and say, I'm okay with having 10% of my customer base in that category, but I'm not going to go to 11%. And you keep them and you, and you work with them and that revenue, um, it's riskier revenue. Um, but you keep that revenue and you hope that, you know, over a longer period, you're able to, um, improve those customers and that they grow and they do improve their budgets. Um, and if not, you just, you know, you keep them at that percentage that you feel you're comfortable with having. But, but you are, you are talking about, uh, behavioral modification of the end user to reflect a, a, a safer cyber hygiene, a safer IT management, uh, posture, including these new remote workers, which is bringing on all this risk. I mean, that seems really the, your central theme there. That's right. That's exactly right. You, you trying to change their, you know, ultimately budgets, but also their understanding that the world today is different. And just like, you know, uh, 10 years ago, they did things differently. They need to do things differently over the next 10 years because the world has changed and it's evolved and they need to evolve with it. If not, you try to keep a percentage of them that you can manage from a risk profile in your business. You optimize the revenue with them as best you can. Um, and, uh, you try to change them and if they won't change, then you're monetizing them and then you do what you can do in your control. So if you, if you want to keep them as a customer, maybe you do things that are in your platform. Maybe you improve your security around your RMM solution or your backup solution. You make that, you reduce the profile and the risk vectors associated with that. And, um, and then when, if, and when something happens to them, you then say, look, I told you this and now I have to charge you money, um, you know, to rectify these things. And then hopefully, you know, that, that helps them move along the behavior changing, um, trajectory. Yeah. I, wise, wise words. I, I think that this is the big opportunity for MSPs this summer and maybe even for the rest of 2020, because I, I, I feel like this is going to be something that we're going to be dealing with longer term, meaning the remote work uh, concept. And I, I think that this is going to have, uh, even beyond the pandemic, it's going to have a lot of far-reaching consequences for just IT management and data management uh, in specific. Agreed. Agreed. You know, but it will take time. Years and years ago, you know, we all went to, there's a lot of different analogies we can use. There are many different things that we do. Changing cars used to not have seatbelts. It took a long time for them to get them. And then, you know, also 
um, airbags, you know, all the, the whole driving experience, everything that evolved over time. And now people look for safety things in the past. They might not have. Same thing with healthcare. They might have looked for a healthcare provider that had certain types of capabilities or even just your experience going to the dentist. You know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, who cared about floss and these kind of other hygienic things, right? Over time, it took a generation. Our kids today are a lot more clever about, you know, things that, than they were uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't think it'll take that long. I think the, the world today is different, but... Um, yeah, it's a big opportunity for MSPs, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. Change is upon us, and that is good for MSPs. Well, that's all the time we have today, folks. Um, Aaron, thank you very much for uh, for sharing your wisdom with us, as always. And and we are going to, for those of you out there listening, um, stay subscribed to the program because we're going to be uh, having Aaron back for a series of discussions on a a number of really, really important topics. Uh, You're not going to want to miss those. So Aaron, thank you very much. And we will uh, look forward to having you back on the program very shortly. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I look forward to continuing our dialogue. All right, folks, this has been uh, Charles Weaver with MSP Zone. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.